No matter how happy someone may be or how easy someone's life may seem, there's always things going on beneath the surface that they might not want to share. But it can still be really helpful to talk to someone. I know there's times where there's things I want to grow and heal from in privacy. I don't necessarily want to confide in the people I would usually turn to because it's something so personal. But that doesn't mean I don't want advice or someone to help me gain understanding on the situation. Sometimes the perspective of someone who's not directly in your close circle can be so helpful. That's when I discovered BetterHelp Therapy. Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just someone who's going through a hard time, therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. And that's why I'm excited to tell you guys about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible, and that's so important because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out just a few questions, BetterHelp can match you with a professional therapist in just a few days. It's so easy to sign up and get matched with a great therapist. If you're interested and want to check it out, there's a link in my description. It's betterhelp.com collective delusion. Not only do I want to help you guys find a great therapist and help you heal and grow, but by clicking the link, you can actually get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. BetterHelp is already so affordable, so the extra 10% off is such a sweet little bonus. Sometimes finding a therapist you click with can kind of be a tricky process, so if you don't really fit with the therapist you're matched with, you can easily switch to a therapist for free without stressing about insurance, who's in your network, or anything like that. It's so nice to be able to confide in your loved ones, but there are times when you want to deal with your personal issues and grow through those things with someone who can offer a very objective perspective. So if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit betterhelp.com slash collective delusion. That's betterhelp.com slash collective delusion. Thank you again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Hi guys, welcome back to Collective Delusion. My name is Vanessa Casada. I host this podcast every week. That's me. It's always such a fucking awkward, cold start. Anyways, I hope you guys have had a great week. I unfortunately did not. I went out to eat one day last week and it resulted very badly for me. I woke up the next day vomiting my guts out. It was very rough. Luckily, it was only a 24-hour, like, of me actually throwing up. I know, I'm so sorry for, like, starting this off talking about this. Like, I know this is, like, triggering for some people. So, I'm gonna stop mentioning that getting sick part. But, yeah, that was only 24 hours after that. Honestly, the next day was worse because my stomach just felt so terribly empty and so sore from just, you know, you get it. (laughs) That was one of those times where I was like, no, I would never wish this pain on anyone. Like, anyways, the rest of the week, I was really just trying to get my energy up because that took so much out of me. Like, I basically got like food poisoning or some sort of stomach bug. I don't know which one it was, but it takes so much of your energy and... I was really just trying to recover and I'm finally feeling better. It's been like a week. So I hope you guys had a better week than me. It was very rough, (laughs) but here we are now. Everything's okay. But when I did get sick, I was kind of like one of those moments where when you get sick, you're like, damn, like I really need to appreciate my health. Like I appreciate how healthy I am, how like young and 
able my body is. I think it's so easy to forget how like fragile our bodies are and how we really need to take care of them. Like health is truly so important. You can't do anything in life without your health, like having a healthy body. And, you know, obviously I always talk about how to have healthy mind. So it kind of inspired me to make this episode and I want to talk about health in kind of an untraditional way today. I want to talk about chemicals that your brain releases that affect your mind, body, and the way that you function. So I don't know what this is technically called, but I've seen it be called the daily dose. And dose stands for the chemicals that are naturally released in your body that allow you to feel certain things. So it stands for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. These chemicals have an essential role in regulating your brain, feelings, attitude, and your body. So it's important to understand what they are and how and when they're released. And each of these chemicals is actually released by different things and different activities. So I'm going to explain what they all mean, why and when they're released, and the effects that they have on you. So I'm going to start by telling you the definitions and what they do. So, like I said, these are all chemicals that are released in your body to make you feel certain ways. And these are all neurotransmitters, which basically means that they send messages through your body to help it function. I feel like I'm... Fuck, what's the lady's name? Teacher in the Magic School Bus. Mrs. Squiggle or some shit? I need to know. Miss Frizzle! I knew it. What did I say, Miss Squiggle? (laughs) I feel like I'm Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus being like, come on kids, hop on board. I'm about to take you into the anatomy of the fucking body and I'm going to tell you what this means and what that means and what this does. Like y'all are going to hop on my Magic School Bus today and we're going to learn a little bit about human anatomy, but more so about your body's functions and how it affects you. So like I said, I'm talking about this phenomena i guess called the daily dose and dose standing for those four chemicals i mentioned dopamine oxytocin serotonin and endorphins so i'm going to go through each chemical and tell you the definitions what they mean starting off with dopamine dopamine is considered the reward chemical and that's because it allows you to feel temporary pleasure satisfaction and motivation which is kind of like rewarding feelings but it also helps you with your focus, concentration, memory, sleep, and your mood, which I had no idea it affected all of these things, but that means that dopamine is being released when you're feeling these things or doing these things. When you're focusing, when you're memorizing something, it has effects on your mood, like dopamine is playing a part in each of these things. Next is oxytocin, and this is considered the love hormone. I actually had no idea that oxytocin's main function is to facilitate childbirth and it controls key aspects of the reproductive system. Basically, oxytocin is what stimulates contractions for women when they're giving birth. So it's obviously very common in women because that's its main function. But oxytocin is also called the love hormone because it's what gives you that like warm and fuzzy feeling when you like kind of like someone. It's also what gives you that feeling of like butterflies, the feeling of sexual arousal, and it's released when you're building relationships with others. So as you can tell, it's kind of like released when you're feeling connection in some sort of way. But it also has the power to regulate our emotional responses and our pro-social behaviors, meaning like it regulates 
our feeling of trust, empathy, having happy memories, processing bonding with others, and positive communication. So oxytocin obviously plays a big role in, like I said, connection when you're connecting with other people, when you're building relationships, and it even goes deeper into that of like trust and empathy and, you know, regulating those emotional responses in moments of connecting or bonding with other people in moments where you're in social environments like i said moments where you like feel like you like someone or you're getting that like excited or happy feeling of being around somebody else that's oxytocin being released next we have serotonin which is probably the most common one you hear out of all of these four chemicals i think people like throw around the word serotonin and don't know what it actually is or what it actually means i mean for me at least once i like looked into serotonin i was like Okay, like, I knew what this meant. Like, when I think of serotonin, I think of happiness, right? Like, you know, people will be like, oh, this is, like, instant serotonin or, oh, my God, I have so much serotonin. And they're saying, like, instant happiness or this is bringing me a lot of happiness. But serotonin is actually considered the mood stabilizer. So, you know, it does give you that feeling of happiness, but it regulates your feelings of happiness and you know other feelings of like anxiety and it regulates your mood so it doesn't just make you happy it makes you feel happy at like a healthy level otherwise your serotonin would just skyrocket and you would be like extremely overly happy about things or you'd be like uncontrollably happy which you wouldn't think would necessarily be a bad thing but just wait until later in the episode when i explain more about serotonin some things will surprise you I'm like, keep your seatbelts buckled, all hands in the vehicle. (laughs) Still pretending I'm Miss Frizzle on the Magic School Bus. Okay. So like I was saying, serotonin makes you feel happy, calm, and emotionally stable. That's why I'm saying it's not just happiness. It also brings in those feelings of calmness and stability to kind of regulate and keep your mood at a good level. But it also has other effects, like it helps regulate your sleep patterns, like when you sleep and when you wake up. Serotonin actually helps you think, and it controls your sexual desire. So I was just explaining oxytocin and how that controls like your sexual arousal and the feeling of that, but this is more so like the actual desire to be sexual or express yourself in your sexuality. And some more things that kind of surprised me about it is that it helps control the muscles and how you move. It even influences your appetite and how your bowels work. It helps your blood to clot, which is actually a good thing. That's important. Um, Obviously, you're not supposed to have blood clots in certain parts of your body or certain areas, or you're not supposed to have like an excessive amount, but your blood is supposed to clot a little bit <laughs> which is so interesting that a chemical released in your brain and your body controls like your blood like th- this just all of these are just like so interesting to me when you learn how the human body actually works it's like what the fuck like how how are we alive there's such intricate details that goes into how our bodies function and like i'm saying like all the messages that are being sent to certain parts of your body to let it know hey you need to function this way you need to do this and it helps regulate your body but then also affects how you feel emotionally and in your mood like how can this all be tied together it's it's crazy to me 
but serotonin also helps you heal wounds and it plays a role in the health of your bones. Like this is what I'm saying. I knew that serotonin made you feel happy or meant that you're experiencing happiness, but I didn't even know that it was more of like a mood stabilizer than just like kind of like a happy drug or like a happy chemical. And I definitely didn't know the effects that it has on your bones, your muscles, your blood, like I genuinely thought a lot of these chemicals only affected things like your brain, your emotions, your mood. Like I had no idea it was physical things as well. And tapping into this knowledge is actually so helpful in understanding your body and why it is certain ways and why you feel certain ways. Just keep listening. There's so much more. And lastly, moving on to endorphins. Endorphins are considered the painkiller. So endorphins are released to block nerve cells that receive pain signals, basically turning off your pain to allow you to continue to function. So it's blocking those nerve cells so that those nerve cells can't tell that you're feeling pain because it's not receiving any signal saying, hey, my body's in pain. So it's like, oh, we're good. Like, how fucking smart is your body? That, That shit blows my mind. But this is basically your body's way of pushing through moments of pain or stress to allow you to continue doing what you're doing, to continue functioning as if you're not in pain or you're not feeling stressed. This chemical is sent out to relieve your pain and to reduce your stress. And not only does it like relieve your pain and make you feel like you're not in pain, but it also releases like feel-good feelings. And... This part kind of doesn't make that much sense to me, but endorphins are also released during pleasurable activities, which is interesting because it's like it's released in response to pain and stress. So I'm not really sure why it's also released when you're feeling good, but I guess it's because it creates a general feeling of well-being. So I guess that could make sense that, it, you know, it's released to make you feel good when you're not feeling good and you're in pain or you're stressed, but it's also released when you are feeling good to kind of maintain that good feeling. I guess it makes sense in that way. And now I want to list like a few specific activities that release each of these chemicals just so you can kind of understand like what actually makes you feel these things. Like when you do certain things why do you feel happiness or why do you feel lovey-dovey or why do you feel like emotionally like stable and like your mood is stabilized you know like what activities are making you feel these ways i'm gonna tell you so like i said dopamine is the reward chemical so it makes you feel things like pleasure motivation satisfaction so activities like eating are something that releases dopamine because that's very satisfying exercising can be really motivating or even pleasurable self-care releases dopamine because that is very pleasurable for a lot of people finishing a project can be really satisfying as well and learning something new can be really motivating because it's inspiring shows you how capable you are basically the excitement from certain activities can motivate us to continue doing them and that's why dopamine is released when you're doing these things because you're feeling one of these things like i'm saying pleasure you're feeling satisfied you're feeling motivated the dopamine is sending out signals saying hey i like this this is doing good this is making me feel good and that's like nice to hear that our body naturally responds well to things that are healthy for us like you know eating and exercising and taking care of ourselves our body and our brain is naturally like yes this is great keep doing this but on the other hand when you're doing certain activities like drinking doing drugs maybe gambling and dopamine's being released because you're getting a lot of pleasure or you're getting satisfaction from these activities 
where you're feeling motivated by these activities to you know continue doing them or do something else all of this excitement and all of these good feelings toward those activities can actually make you addicted to them because you're going to be chasing that feeling of you know feeling pleasure feeling satisfied from these activities and you're going to be like oh i need to go gamble again because it makes me feel so satisfied and it's so fun or oh i want to drink and i want to keep drinking because it's such a fun activity or it's so satisfying you'll kind of continue doing those activities because it's giving you those feelings but you fail to realize that other activities things that are so much better for you like you know exercising and learning something new those can give you dopamine as well that can give you the exact rush and the exact feeling that you're looking for when you're doing drugs and gambling but sometimes our brains don't put two and two together and think oh i could do other activities that make me feel this way it's not the activity itself that's making me feel so good it's the chemicals that are being released when i'm doing this obviously addiction is a slippery slope and people don't usually pause to reflect on why they're being so happy and why they're feeling so good by this thing that isn't so good like drinking is damaging your body so you know you don't want to accept the fact that like it's bad for you because it's making you feel so good but what i'm trying to say is like this is kind of where addiction comes from is by chasing a feeling i'm basically just trying to say it's not the actual activity that's making you feel that good it's only the chemicals being released when you're doing that activity and that activity is not the only thing that can make you feel that way or that can release those chemicals so if you notice that you're addicted to something or you keep going back to a bad habit or a hobby that is kind of hurting you or your body you know like drinking and drugs try to consider <laughs> some of these other things that i mentioned i know it's like you're like what the fuck bitch like i want to drink i don't want to go for a run <laughs> but you know you could get that same feeling from exercising and then you could love exercising and that's a great thing to feel good about your body rather than like constantly go get a drink. So just think about that. If you're struggling a little bit with addiction, I know that it's not like one thing can pull you out of it and I know it's a process, but something to consider. At least look into it and at least try to like find other activities that give you that same feeling or that same rush of dopamine next oxytocin like i said this one's the love hormone so this one's released when you're doing things like cuddling with people when you're hugging people you know like physical touch is a big thing but it's also released when you're just like being social with others like i said it's about connection and also bonding creating relationships so it's not just about like physical touch or physical connection it can even be released by listening to music and then most obviously released through sex <laughs> and next serotonin this one's the mood stabilizer so again exercise releases this chemical exercise is actually a really common one i think all of these chemicals are released through exercise but i tried to just kind of like give you guys different examples but i did notice a lot of these activities repeat in all four of these chemicals being released so that was interesting. But yeah, serotonin is released when you're exercising because it helps improve your mood and kind of stabilize it. Also, when you get a lot of sunlight, this also increases your mood and your energy. I know sometimes when people are like, get some sun or like get outside and get in the sun, you're like, ah, whatever. <laughs> but it truly does bring up your energy and your mood. And I know like some people genuinely do feel that. Like a lot of people love to go sit outside and tan or just like, 
sit outside and read their book or do whatever they're doing in the sun because it kind of creates this unexplainable, like, just feel-good feeling. Also, meditation releases serotonin because that's something that's very calming, very soothing, and it's connecting your body and your mind at the same time. Being in nature even releases serotonin because it's it's something that's very peaceful, something that's just very grounding and just brings you down to earth. The way that nature works is so beautiful and it's so inspiring to see. So many people pull inspiration from nature because it's something that just naturally unfolds between our eyes. Like the way that the trees change through seasons and then completely flourish again in the summer when like all the leaves fell in the fall. Like everything's naturally unfolding exactly how it's supposed to, exactly how the earth wants it to happen. And it works so well. I don't know, there's so many things about nature that is like so admirable. It's always evolving and growing. It's just like such a beautiful process. Anyways, (laughs) serotonin is released when you're in nature. Like just seeing the beauty of the world and everything unfold is just like so calming, so peaceful. And then also thinking of happy memories releases serotonin. Happy memories kind of give you a sense of peace and happiness and just, you know, nostalgia is such a great feeling and it kind of brings you back to like, that first time feeling of like the first time you experience something you get that feeling of excitement and happiness i think that's why nostalgia is so sweet and such a great feeling because it kind of gives you that feeling of like the first time feeling again so many great feelings come from like thinking of good times or happy memories in the past and lastly endorphins is the painkiller and like i said Endorphins are released when you're feeling things like pain and stress, but also when you're doing pleasurable activities. So endorphins are released when you're laughing. Laughter kind of regulates your happiness. Also doing things like dancing or getting creative gives you those feel-good feelings. Endorphins are released during acupuncture, which if you don't know what acupuncture is, it's kind of like a old Chinese medicine where you stick very fine needles I've never done it, so I can't really speak on it. Something I really want to do, though, something I think would actually help me because I think acupuncture kind of stimulates blood flow and, girl, do I need that. But anyways, it's like these little needles that the person, the acupuncturist, sticks inside of you at certain pressure points, and this actually relieves pain and releases stress. So acupuncture releases a ton of endorphins, It's a great practice. Like I said, I haven't tried it, but I've heard a lot of great things about it and I do want to try it. So I'll let you know how it goes once I do. (laughs) But if you have tried it, you know, let me know how it is. And do you feel this way? Like, do you feel a lot of endorphins released when you're getting acupuncture? Like, does it help relieve pain and stress? And then also, like I was saying, like endorphins are released during pain. So if you, you know, get injured your body will release endorphins to kind of help you manage that pain like obviously you'll still feel pain because you have so many nerves in your body but endorphins are doing its best to kind of like i said block those nerve cells so that it can't send pain signals to you or it can't send as many pain signals to those parts of your body to kind of help your body manage the pain So your body doesn't just like go straight into shock from pain, you know? Endorphins kind of relieve and reduce that pain for you when you do something like get injured. And then again, you know, stressing out about something, endorphins are released to relieve your stress. So now that I've kind of like given you guys all the definitions, what it means, and certain activities that bring all these chemicals out and release them through your body, you probably have a pretty good understanding of what each of these mean, why and when they're released, 
and you might even have more of an understanding of yourself and like oh this is why i feel this way when i do this activity or oh this activity brings out these feelings for me for a reason or maybe it's just like interesting to you like it is to me that your body is able to do this and how detailed and intricate everything is like i really am miss frizzle because this shit is so interesting to me like even when i mentioned serotonin and how like serotonin is released when you're in sunlight and that increases your energy and your mood like the fact that we live in a universe it just makes me think everything is so calculated more than we even know because the fact that we live in a universe that has something as natural as the sun that we're able to feel every day the way that that so naturally releases chemicals in our body that make us feel good like how does that all tie together like that is what blows my mind the fact that everything is just so coordinated <sighs> makes me think about life so deeply and like what it just brings me back to like the whole like how did we even get here what's the origin story but the way that everything coordinates everything happened so calculated i don't even know if you get what i'm saying you get it but i'm gonna stop before i like spiral and go down a whole rabbit hole of telling you guys about how life was created <laughs> okay and now to the most surprising part of the episode for me when i was like doing this research and finding this out it was blowing my mind so obviously i told you guys about these four chemicals but these chemicals aren't always released in the way or in the amount that we need them to be sometimes we experience low levels of these chemicals or too much of these chemicals like our levels of these chemicals are too high or they're releasing too often whatever it is and that's called neurotransmitter dysregulation and this is important, so stick with me. Like, this is the real effects that people don't talk about. So I'm going to go through each of these chemicals and tell you what can happen when the levels of these chemicals are too low and what can happen when they're too high. <laughs> My hand, I was like... So, starting with dopamine, the results that come from your dopamine levels being too low depend on the region of your brain where the dopamine is lacking. So just because you have low levels of dopamine doesn't mean that all of these symptoms or things that I'm going to mention are happening or will happen to you because it depends what region of your brain is lacking dopamine that determines which of these symptoms or what you'll feel from that. It can make you feel muscle cramps and spasms. It can make you feel brain fog or cognitive impairment, fatigue, difficulty focusing, mood swings, a low sex drive, or even impairment of fine motor skills. So that means like holding a pencil. That's like what a fine motor skill is. Just hearing that, I'm like, what? So if you're not doing enough activities that are releasing dopamine, you can experience low levels of dopamine, which can have all of these really negative causes. And I feel like nobody talks about this. Like, obviously, there's a million reasons you could be feeling fatigue or mood swings. I feel like especially for women, things can get so confusing. And it can be so hard to tell, like, why am I feeling this way? Because there's probably 500 different causes. Like, there's just so many things that affect women in the same ways. Like, so many things that could cause fatigue. Like, you could either be getting your period or you could be pregnant. And those are, like, two opposite things. You know what I'm saying? So... It gets really confusing and it's hard to understand your body when there's a million causes for what you could be feeling, but it does help being educated on 
what causes you to feel these certain things. So if you're feeling things like brain fog and muscle cramps or spasms and you have no idea that low levels of dopamine could even cause that, then you won't even look there. You won't even think, oh, well, maybe I should do more of these activities that release dopamine and then it will help me stop feeling this way because you had no idea in the first place that maybe dopamine even did this for you or that low levels would even affect you this way. So that's why like, I like talking about this stuff and I like explaining it and helping you guys understand your bodies and the way that they work. Because this is something nobody taught me and I just learned this shit yesterday. <laughs> and this information could be so vital and so helpful for me or anybody that I know going through this. Okay, moving on. <laughs> With high levels of dopamine, you can experience things like anxiety, excess energy or mania, insomnia, high sex drive, aggression, hallucinations, or increased stress. So when you're doing too many activities that release dopamine, or like I was explaining earlier with addiction, when you develop an addiction to something that is constantly releasing dopamine, you can have excess levels and high levels of dopamine, which can negatively affect you in all of these ways. There's already so many negative things that come with addiction and so much harm that's already happening to your body depending on what you're addicted to, like a drug or alcohol like that's already having negative effects on your body, those substances themselves, but then mixed with the amount of dopamine that they're giving you and how high your levels of dopamine are going up, it's causing even more negative feelings like giving you anxiety or mania or insomnia, hallucinations, like See, like learning this information is even broadening my perspective on addiction and the way that that works and how the chemicals in your brain are affecting you in ways that you might be blaming on the substance. You might be like, oh my God, I'm so anxious, but it's because I drink all the time. Like, yes, but it's not from the alcohol itself. It's from the amount of dopamine that you're getting from the alcohol. You know what I'm saying? Moving on to oxytocin, low levels of oxytocin are actually pretty rare and I don't want to scare you guys with this information because I am going to tell you like which ones are more rare and which ones are not, but like I said, this is the love hormone. Its main function is to help women give birth and help facilitate birth by, you know, allowing you to have contractions. So with low levels of oxytocin, it can actually stop your contractions while you're trying to give birth. So oxytocin is definitely something to uh, look into and talk to your doctor about if you are someone who's trying to get pregnant or someone who is pregnant, someone who is going to go into labor or give birth very soon. This one's definitely one that should be more of your focus because of these effects and the effects that it does have on you during birth as well as the effects that it has on you after, because after you give birth, if you have low levels of oxytocin, it can prevent you from producing milk to breastfeed your child, which isn't detrimental, of course, because there's formula and stuff for babies, but breastfeeding is a huge way that the mother and child connect, and it's also like some babies really rely on that and don't want formula and stuff like that, so like I said, definitely something to focus on if you are looking to get pregnant, you are pregnant, or you're going to labor soon. Low levels of oxytocin are also linked to autism spectrum disorder, as well as depressive symptoms. Then when it comes to high levels of oxytocin, this is actually called oxytocin toxicity, and this is actually very rare in women, biological females, like people who were born a biological female, no matter what you identify as now, like 
that's absolutely okay your free will but you know talking about like the anatomy of the body and the chemicals that are released like it is specific to biological male and female so that's why i'm mentioning that so it is very rare for women to have high levels of oxytocin and have this oxytocin toxicity but it can cause an overactive uterus which increases your uterine muscle mass basically limiting pregnancy and making it harder to get pregnant because of the lack of space in your uterus because your muscles have grown in your uterus so much that there's not really enough space for a fetus and as for men biological males like people who were born male bph is a condition that makes your prostate grow in size which actually makes it hard to pee (laughs) or urinate because your prostate surrounds your urethra which is basically the tube that carries your urine so if your prostate grows and it's surrounding the tube that's carrying your urine, it makes it a lot harder to pee. Um, And this actually affects over 50% of biological males over the age of 60. So this affects a wide variety of older men, but that's a pretty big statistic. So specifically for men, as you get older, it's definitely important to keep in mind your levels of oxytocin so that you don't develop high levels of oxytocin and, you know, develop conditions like BPH. So when it comes to serotonin, you can actually have low levels of serotonin for two different reasons. And that could be because your body just isn't producing enough serotonin or because your body isn't effectively using it for some reason, which in that case, you know, it's obviously I advise you to talk to a medical professional or some sort of doctor who can give you some insight on that and try to figure out why your body isn't effectively using the serotonin that it's releasing. But the effects that come from low levels of serotonin are actually things that people pretty commonly deal with. So I definitely want to emphasize this. Low levels of serotonin can cause depression and anxiety. It can cause sleep problems. It can cause digestive problems. It can even induce suicidal behavior. It can even cause you to develop disorders such as OCD, PTSD, panic disorders, and schizophrenia. And a lot of people develop phobias when having low levels of serotonin. This was extremely interesting to me because it makes sense that low levels of serotonin increase your development of depression and anxiety. Like that makes sense to me because serotonin is a mood stabilizer. Without being able to regulate your mood, it makes sense you could fall into things like depression and anxiety. But when it comes to developing disorders... OCD, PTSD, schizophrenia, panic disorders like that. I'm just like almost upset at the fact that I didn't know that a lack of serotonin can cause these things. Like this information should be shared, especially because I think people who go through these things can feel so alienated. People who have developed disorders and are dealing with things that they feel like they can't control. I don't know. I think it's easier for them to feel alone and feel like people are looking at them differently. I think a lot of people can look at someone with schizophrenia and think like they must be crazy. They must be out of their mind. And it's like your serotonin levels could drop, be below normal, and you could develop it as well. Like these things can be developed easier than we even think, easier than we're told, easier than we're educated on. And that just kind of shifts my perspective a little bit and makes me have more empathy towards people who are dealing with those disorders. 
and also heightens my awareness on, you know, whether or not I'm getting enough serotonin and it's showing me how a lack of that chemical being released in my body can develop into such a serious thing that I could deal with for the rest of my life. And I think it's important that people know that information. And that's just with low levels of serotonin. When it comes to high levels of serotonin, you can develop something called serotonin syndrome, which can be fatal. And that's surprising to me, not only because serotonin is supposed to be released to make you feel things like being calm, happy, peaceful, but also because, like I keep saying, like I had no idea (laughs) that an excess amount of serotonin can be fatal. Why do people not talk about this? And high levels of serotonin or developing something like serotonin syndrome can be caused by an increased use of a medication that increases your serotonin levels. I've always been someone who's very scared of pills and medication, like even ibuprofen scares me. Like I just don't know what that's going to do to me. It's, it just doesn't feel natural. So I'm always someone who advises people to like really, really drill your doctor about the medication that they're putting you on. They need to tell you every single effect that it could have on you, the statistics behind it, like the chances of it happening, you know, whether or not it's something that can be fatal or something that can cause you to develop diseases or disorders. I feel like a lot of times people just, you know, take pills from their doctor and they're like, all right, this is going to make me feel better. Like, great, anything that can help. And they don't look into it as much or do as much research as they should. So if you are taking a medication that increases your serotonin levels, which I think are medications like SSRIs. SSRIs are a very common antidepressant that, you know, (laughs) psychiatrists like to hand out like candy these days. I mean, I've talked about SSRIs in another episode and how the effects of them can be so extreme and cause you to feel things towards yourself or other people that are very bad, (laughs) very bad things. So, you know, as much as I don't like pills or medications, like, you know, you do you, whatever works for you, whatever helps you, obviously choose that route. Like, you don't have to listen to me. I'm just telling you guys, like, what I think and what I believe and my information and knowledge that I have. But like I was saying, if you are taking something that increases your serotonin, like an SSRI, and you're advised to take an increased dose, it could cause you to develop something like serotonin syndrome or just develop some of these symptoms of high levels of serotonin. So absolutely talk to your doctor before increasing any doses, before even taking any medications. Like like I'm saying, literally drill your doctor, make them tell you every single fucking fact about this. If they need to look it up, if they need to ask a reference, if they need to talk to another doctor, like whatever it fucking takes, it's about your health and it's about your life. So it's worth it. But let me tell you what high levels of serotonin will do. Some of the more mild symptoms can be things like shivering, heavy sweating, confusion, restlessness, high blood pressure, and then there can be more severe symptoms like muscle twitches, high fever, seizures, fainting, abnormal heartbeat, all of this from heightened levels of serotonin. I feel like after I say everything, I'm just like, you can see my brain exploding. Moving on to endorphins, you know, the painkiller chemical. With low levels of endorphins, you can experience things like depression, anxiety, body aches and pains, addiction, sleep issues, impulsive actions, headaches, and you can even develop things like Alzheimer's and dementia because low levels of endorphins prevent the brain from making new neural connections that are necessary for your brain growth, learning, and making memories. 
So if your endorphin levels are low and your brain can't create these neural connections, you know, you can develop things like Alzheimer's and dementia that don't allow you to remember things. And with endorphins, it's actually pretty rare to have high levels of endorphins and there's not too many negative effects that come from that but it can cause fibromyalgia, which is basically chronic pain in your body. When I was doing research, it was kind of unclear whether low or high levels of endorphins can cause fibromyalgia, but I guess to avoid giving you guys false information, I can just say a dysregulation of endorphins can cause fibromyalgia, whether it's low levels or high levels. And with high levels of endorphins, you can experience feelings of depression. And through my research, it basically was explaining that with depression, endorphins can be released in response to things that wouldn't be triggered without having depression, which basically just means your receptors aren't functioning properly. So your receptors are saying to release endorphins at times where endorphins wouldn't really be released but it's because you're feeling or experiencing depression. So your body's like, oh, pain, stress, like release this endorphin, but it's not actually at a time where your body like needed the endorphins, if that makes sense. And that's kind of all I have for you guys today. It is so important to maintain your health and take care of yourself. And that doesn't just mean eating healthy and exercising. There are so many sides to health that we don't talk about and that we aren't educated on. Understanding your body, what it needs, and how it's supposed to function should always be a top priority for you. Like I said, there is no life without your health. (laughs) Your health should always come first, and it should always be something on the top of your head. And I was explaining earlier that we all hear these words like serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, endorphins, but I don't think people realize how big of an effect they have on our lives and our daily functions. I definitely didn't realize it, but now I'm sure as hell going to be paying attention. Knowing this information is important in recognizing when you're feeling off and being able to take steps to get better. I kind of explained this earlier, but you can't really understand why you're feeling a certain way when you're uneducated on all the things that could be causing you to feel that way. You probably don't know that you're feeling a certain thing because of lower or higher levels of these chemicals when you had no idea that these chemicals could even drop below regular limits, causing you to experience these symptoms or develop these disorders or even vice versa, like the chemicals could raise above healthy limits and cause these symptoms or cause you to develop disorders, things like that. Knowledge really is power. The more you know, the more you're able to help yourself and help others. So I hope this gave you guys some insight. I hope it kind of broadened your perspective on health and all the little details that go into it. These chemicals affect you in the way that you function in so many ways. So the fact that this isn't just like common knowledge or this isn't like drilled in your brain in school is kind of mind-blowing to me. So I like making episodes like this because it really points out the reality that we're all human and we all need to take care of our brains and our bodies. It's easy to look at someone with a mental health issue or with a disorder and think like that's just the way that they are or that there was nothing they could have done to prevent developing that or something similar. But the truth is we're all susceptible to developing these disorders or falling into mental health issues. And there's so many factors that go into it. Like depression isn't just as simple as like being uncontrollably sad or feeling down all the time. 
Like it genuinely has to do with the chemicals in your body or your receptors being able to receive those chemicals and those messages. It goes down to the tiny little details. We have to regulate our brains and our bodies to make sure that we're giving them what they need to function in a healthy way. Unfortunately, this information isn't that commonly shared or even really taught in school, at least enough. So that's why I like to use like my platform and my space to talk about things like this and to share this information to hopefully help you understand the importance of learning what regulates and what disrupts your normal brain and body functions. Like I was saying throughout this whole episode, this information was so mind-boggling to me and just so surprising in so many different ways. I feel so much better, you know, being educated on this now and I feel like I have such a broader understanding of not only the way that my body works and functions but also like how and why people develop certain disorders or people experience emotional dysregulation you know like there's so many effects that I had no idea stem from certain chemicals or certain activities or this or that you know So I hope I kind of gave you guys a little bit of a new perspective on health and I hope I kind of encouraged you guys to look into your health and to understand your health and your body and your brain and your functions and everything. Like you can catch so many things before they get worse and knowing this information is the first step. So if I could even help like one person, like that's great. (laughs) But thank you guys for tuning in this week. If you're watching this on the video version on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe, comment, let me know what you guys think. Uh, Let me know if you have any perspectives or information, any knowledge to share. I would love to hear it. Turn on my notifications, like this video. Your support is so appreciated. And if you're an audio listener on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can rate my podcast five stars. very very easy very very quick and then if you just want to keep up with the socials for the podcast the tiktok is at collective delusion pod it's where i post a bunch of like snippets and teasers of the episodes um some little highlights you can also follow the instagram at collective delusion podcast i also post like snippets and highlights and little things on there but i also post a lot of like pictures and inspiring messages throughout the week and stuff like that so if you're looking for things like that you can go check that out and if you just want to keep up with my personal instagram it's at killnessa with three l's in the kill so thank you guys so much for your support thank you guys for tuning in and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i'll see you guys next week have an amazing week take care of your mind take care of your body i will see you guys so soon